So welcome to this uh, first session of the Bible study series called Overcomer Rising Above Our Challenges. So um, this is uh, really uh, looking at the life of Joseph uh, in the Old Testament, the patriarch of Israel, one of the patriarchs, uh, and his calling to, um, in the midst of difficult circumstances, how God worked in his life, how Joseph was able to rise above the many challenges he faced. Today we'll be looking at the very first challenge he faced, which uh, really deals with um, betrayal in his life. So let's turn to the Lord in prayer. Uh, Lord God, we come into your presence today in the name of your son, Jesus. We thank you for the biblical life of Joseph, the patriarch in the Old Testament. Thank you that you worked in his life to form that covenant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and then Joseph, and how through that covenant you were able to forge a people, Israel, who prepared the way for the Messiah, Jesus. So, Father God, we uh, ask you to teach our hearts regarding the life of Joseph, particularly in this area of betrayal, and how it is that you're, uh, we can see through the eyes of faith you working even in the midst of the betrayals of our life. And we pray this all through Christ our Lord. Amen. So today we'll be looking at uh, dealing with betrayals in our life, and Joseph was betrayed by his brothers, and we'll take a look at how the Lord worked in Joseph's life in the midst of this very devastating circumstance and how uh, he wants to work in our life. So um, in their Bible, we're looking at Genesis chapter 37, verses 19 through 27, and then Genesis chapter 39, verses 1 through 3. So beginning with chapter 37, uh, we see, uh, of course, uh, the attitude of Joseph's brothers. They say to one another, here comes that, that dreamer. Come on, let's kill him and throw him into one of the pits. We can say that a vicious animal ate him. Then we'll see what becomes of his dreams. Verse 21, when Reuben heard this, he tried to save him from them, and he said, let's not take his life. And Reuben also said to him, don't shed blood. Throw him into this pit in the wilderness, but don't lay a hand on him, intending to rescue him from their hands and return him to his father. So let's take a look at Joseph. I mean, um, this is quite, where did this come from in his family? Uh, his brothers were rising against him, and uh, there's obviously hostility and abuse that caused division within this family. Now, uh, Jacob, who's the father of these brothers, uh, he, uh, he, of course, uh, also, uh, in his youthfulness, betrayed his brother Esau. If you remember, um, he uh, tricked his father Israel, um, Isaac, I should say, into, um, into thinking that it was actually Esau in order, in order for Jacob to get the, the bowl of pottage. You can look at that in, in uh, Genesis chapter 28. And we see where uh, Joe's, uh, Joe's, rather, um, Jacob uh, literally betrayed, working in uh, cohort with his mother, Rachel, to uh, deceive his father uh, in order to become the one who could get the first inheritance, which was a, 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 both a political, uh, a family status, a powerful status in the family line. As a result of that, uh, we see woven into this family line betrayal, uh, deception, uh, lying, and, uh, and so this is very much in this family unit. So when we talk about the healing of generational sins, 
Uh, the sins of those who have gone before us in our generations affect us even to today. They affect us in our attitudes and behaviors and values, uh, patterns of living and thinking. And, and uh, the redemptive work of Jesus Christ is a redemptive work to also heal the wounds of our family generations and so that our generation doesn't have to carry forth the sins of previous generations. So anyway, so Joseph, uh, so what was it about Joseph? I mean, he was a dreamer. He had dreams, uh, and dreams were seen as something that, uh, that God revealed to him about his status in the family. Uh, and, and his father, uh, Jacob, understood that because the Lord worked in Jacob's life also, Genesis chapter 28, about dreams as well that guided his future. So dreams were a big deal in the Old Testament as well as the New Testament. We see Joseph, the father of Jesus, the foster father of Jesus. He was directed by dreams uh, to take Mary as his wife and then to flee into Egypt and to protect the child and then to bring the child back into uh, the Nazareth area uh, once it was all clear. So dreams were a way of revelation, a way of speaking into the future. And so Joseph received these dreams. And they said, the brothers said, here comes the dreamer. But unfortunately, he was a dreamer uh, that boasted. So uh, here we see Joseph boasted of his dreams and boasted of his status in the family line. Remember, he was the youngest of the brothers. So this caused his brothers to grumble and murmur against Joseph. Um, Also the fact that uh, his father, Jacob, gave him a a coat which showed favoritism and showed him that he was beloved— uh, also showed and spoke of a larger inheritance that would come to him. Well, needless to say, uh, this caused jealousy and competition and division in the family line. So the brothers bitterly rejected Joseph. They despised and hated him, which was their uh, their wanting to really kill him. Reuben intervened. Uh, let's say, let's just throw him into a pit while animals will cover him. And the scripture says that Reuben's goal was to go back and rescue him later on. So here we see the power of bitterness, the power of uh, division in families, in relationships. Uh, we see where, of course, uh, Joseph's brothers betray him as they want to kill him, or at least let wild animals kill him. And uh, so we can see the hostility and the betrayal that's found in Joseph. And, and what a devastating thing to Joseph. Uh, we see where, uh, you know, literally um, he lost his status. He, lo- he lost his relationship with his father. He lost his place in the family. He, he was in a position where he didn't know what would happen to him. Uh, he, and his brother's turn to him must have been just a stark, uh, uh, unthinkable reality to Joseph's life. And uh, so we can see what betrayal does, and betrayal brought about in Joseph a terrible displacement of his life and a deep, deep wounded and deep, deep hurts in his life. So uh, let's take a look for just a moment, um, if we would, at the place of uh, dreams in the family line or in in the biblical story. Uh, As I mentioned, Jacob had dreams, of course, and uh, uh, Joseph has dreams as well. Uh, the Lord uh, also gave dreams to Daniel in the Old Testament that spoke of the future of Israel, particularly when they were in exile. And we also see where uh, dreams uh, communicate uh, not only what God's purposes and plans are for the future, but also c- reveal about his relationship of covenant with his people. We see that with Jacob. 
Um, and eventually we'll see that with Joseph as well. So dreams are key. And uh, for another time, another teaching, we can look at how we become open to dreams in our own life. Uh, dreams, uh, as the Old Testament would call them, night visions. St. Ambrose uh, spoke about Joseph uh, and saying that he represented a just man and a just people. He represented the Son of God, Jesus, who came to earth to, uh, and was denied by unbelievers. So uh, Joseph's betrayal by his brothers is seen as uh, a t- what they call a typology, which means events in Joseph's life that point to Christ. Uh, and so we see in, in Jesus' life, he would be betrayed by the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the Sanhedrin. Uh, we see where Joseph would eventually uh, be sent to Egypt, um, where he'd be sold uh, to people that would ultimately take him to Egypt, and, and he would rescue Egypt uh, from what would be ultimately famine. Uh, and we see Jesus also coming to earth to rescue the human race through his own death and his resurrection. Uh, so uh, God's sending his son in the likeness of sinful flesh in Paul's letter to the Romans, St. Ambrose says that this was uh, seen as Joseph would be sent into Egypt, uh, pointing to what Jesus would be sent into. Uh, we also see where uh, that uh, Reuben wanted to rescue Jesus, and, or I'm sorry, rescue Joseph, his, his brother, uh, at, later on. And, of course, he observed the holy bonds of brotherhood and, of course, desired to free Joseph. Uh, St. Ambrose uh, saw in this holy bonds of brotherhood uh, that God's love was so great for the world that he wanted to send his own son. And Jesus gladly comes to earth to rescue his brothers and his sisters from the tyranny of sin. Joseph would, of course, be stripped of that robe that would be reflective of the father, his father's special love and favoritism in his life. Uh, and and St. Ambrose said, well, this is a sign prefiguring Jesus being stripped of his robe at, the, at Golgotha. You know, uh, J- Jesus would be stripped of that robe, that, uh, um, and then eventually that would be gambled on for the, to the highest bidder who won. Uh, so, uh, so you can see in this uh, very, very much uh, um, that uh, Joseph points to the person of Jesus. Of course, Joseph was sold into slavery to the Ishmaelites, uh, and uh, St. Ambrose said that this, of course, prefigures Jesus being also betrayed by Judas in the 30 pieces of silver that was sold uh, to, or given to him uh, as, a, as he turned Jesus over and betrayed Jesus. You know? so, so again, all this pointing to uh, the Jesus himself who was betrayed by his own uh, leadership of Israel, uh, the Sanhedrin, and then sold into sla- a, a type of slavery to the Roman government by Judas that would ultimately lead to his, his death, of course. So uh, as uh, what else do we see here in the scripture? Um, if you turn over to page uh, Genesis chapter 37 um, and look particularly at, uh, let's go to verses 25 through 27, we see in that where uh, they saw the Ishmaelites coming and the brothers said, let's gain some money uh, and sell them to him, which they all agreed, of course. And so there was a new plan that evolved here, right in the midst of the brothers wanting to 
kill him or leave him for the animals to be killed, there's a new plan developing. Uh, and again, we see right in the midst of this betrayal, in the midst of this darkness, in the midst of this devastation for Joseph, we see God's hand at work. Because it would be that hand, uh, his, his sovereign working in Joseph's life, that would uh, lead him into Egypt. There in Egypt, Joseph would be raised up with great favor in Pharaoh's court, and that would be all a work of grace, all a work of God in Joseph's life. So we see where God doesn't waste Joseph's suffering. He doesn't waste uh, even his faults uh, in his life, you know, his boasting, for example, his uh, arrogance at times, his proudness. And we see where um, God uses all that to be able to uh, work out his plan, not only in Joseph's life, but ultimately in Egypt uh, and also in Israel, because Israel will be drawn into the famine and they would come to Egypt for food. So sometimes, I, you know, we're, uh, people are not always faithful parents and, or people have wasted parts of their life in sinful living uh, or they didn't speak up for Jesus like they should have in circumstances. But God works out all things, even in our failures, for the good. Uh, God could even work in our own lives in spite of these things. He can take a trial uh, and turn it into a testimony. In Genesis chapter 39, then, verses uh, 1 and 2, we can kind of conclude our section, as it were. Joseph is taken to Egypt. Egypt, An Egyptian named Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh and the captain of the guard, uh, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had uh, brought him there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he became a successful man, serving in the household of his Egyptian master. We'll be looking at more of this in the upcoming weeks, but we see where the Lord... Uh, blesses Joseph with favor, with success. And uh, Ambrose said that the lowly servant uh, that Joseph was, was able to be have him raised up, as it were, uh, in this circumstance. Um, so Joseph learned humility, and in learning that humility, was, was raised up with great dignity and prestige in the house of Potiphar. Uh, again, we see where the Lord works in his life, in these situations. So in our own life of betrayal, we find situations where we're betrayed, um, as situations with friends or family members or even spouses have betrayed us. You know, uh, we, uh, the Lord wants to work it out for our good. Uh, he, and he does that by helping us to change our perspective of our betrayals, helping us to be able to see his hand at work, so the first thing about this is to recognize and ask the Lord, Lord, in my betrayals, where is your hand at work? Where were you working at your sovereign plan? Where were you actually at work that I didn't see? Help me to see now. So let's turn to the Lord now in prayer. So, Lord, uh, in the midst of our betrayals, as deep as they are, as hurtful and painful as they are in our life, we know uh, that you have a plan, but we not always see that through our confusion, through our isolation, through our pain through our uh, heartbreak, uh, through our anger and resentments even, uh, we can't always see your plan. But Lord, we do ask you that in this series, you would help us to see your hand at work in our betrayals. Not that the betrayals came from you, because they didn't, but in the midst of them, you're at work because you love us, just like you love Joseph, and that you want to grant favor to us in the midst of our betrayals, just as you did with Joseph. Despite our failures, despite our sinfulness, despite the things that we've done wrong, Lord, we know that you want to do these things 
and show us where your hand was at work. Help us to see by beginning to free our hearts of the of uh, anger, resentments, uh, even unbelief and doubt of your love. Help us to see in a new way, as Joseph did, your hand at work in the betrayals of our life. And we ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen.